Unclassified, August 12, 2019. To the Honorable Richard Burr, Chairman, Select Committee on Intelligence, United States Senate, and the Honorable Adam Schiff, Chairman, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, United States House of Representatives. Dear Chairman Burr and Chairman Schiff, I am reporting an urgent concern in accordance with procedures outlined in 50 U.S.C. 3033 K5A. This letter is unclassified when separated from the attachment. In the course of my official duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using his power, is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the president's main domestic political rivals. The president's personal lawyer, Mr. Rudolph Giuliani, is a central figure in this effort. Attorney General, Ge- Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. Over the past four months, more than a half dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts related to this effort. The information provided herein was relayed to me in the course of official interagency business. It is routine for U.S. officials with responsibility for a particular regional or functional portfolio to share such information with one another in order to inform policymaking and analysis. I was not in direct witness contact to most of the events described. However, I find my colleagues' accounts of these events to be credible because, in almost all cases, multiple officials recounted fact patterns that were consistent with one another. In addition, a variety of information consistent with these private accounts has been reported publicly. I am deeply concerned that the actions described below constitute a, quote, serious or flagrant problem abuse or violation of law or executive order, unquote, that, quote, does not include differences of opinion concerning public policy matters, unquote, consistent with the definition of an, quote, urgent concern in 50 U.S.C. 3033 K5G. I am therefore fulfilling my duty to report this information through the proper legal channels to the relevant authorities. I am also concerned that these actions pose risks to the national security and undermine the U.S. government's effort to deter and counter foreign interference in U.S. elections. To the best of my knowledge, the entirety of this statement is unclassified when separated from the, object, from the classified enclosure. I have endeavored to apply the classifications standards outlined in Executive Order EO13526 and to separate out any information that I know or have reason to believe is classified for national security purposes. If a classification marking is applied retroactively, I believe it is incumbent upon the classifying authority to explain why such a marking was applied and to which specific information it pertains. One, the 25 July presidential phone call. Early in the morning of 25 July, the president spoke by telephone with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. I do not know which side initiated the call. This was first publicly acknowledged This was the first publicly acknowledged call between the two leaders since a brief congratulatory call after Mr. Zelensky won the presidency on 21 April. Multiple White House officials with direct knowledge of the call informed me after an initial exchange of pleasantries, the president used the remainder of the call to advance his personal interests. Namely, he sought to pressure the Ukrainian leader to take actions to help the president's 2020 re-election bid. According to White House officials who had direct knowledge of the call, the president pressured Mr. Zelensky to, inter alia, initiate or continue an investigation into the activities of former President Joseph Biden and his son Hunter Biden, assist 
purportedly uncovering allegations of Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election originated in Ukraine with a specific request that the Ukrainian leader locate and turn over servers used by the Democratic National Committee and examined by U.S. cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike, which initially reported that Russian hackers had penetrated the DNC networks in 2016, and meet or speak with two people the president named explicitly as his personal envoys on these matters, Mr. Giuliani and Attorney General Barr, to whom the president referred multiple times in tandem. And there's a note on this. I do not know why the president associates associates these servers, that's the CrowdStrike servers, do this, these servers with Ukraine. See, for example, his comments to Fox News on 20 July. And Ukraine, take a look at Ukraine. How come the FBI didn't take this server? Podesta told them to get it out. He said, get out. So how come the FBI didn't take the server from the DNC? The president also praised Ukraine's prosecutor general, Mr. Yuri Lutsenko, and suggested that Mr. Zelensky might want to keep him in his position. Note, starting in March 2019, Mr. Mr. Lutsenko made a series of public allegations, many of which he later walked back, about the Biden family's activities in Ukraine, Ukraine officials' purported involvement in the 2016 U.S. election, and the activities of the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. The White House officials who told me this information were deeply disturbed by what had transpired in the phone call. They told me that there was already a discussion ongoing with White House lawyers about how to treat the call because of the likelihood in the officials retelling that they had witnessed the president's abuse of his office for personal gain. The Ukrainian side was the first to publicly acknowledge the phone call. On the evening of 25 July, a readout was posted on the website of the Ukrainian president that contained the following line, and the translation is from the original, from the original Russian language readout. Quote, Donald Trump expressed his conviction that the new Ukrainian government will be able to quickly improve Ukraine's image and complete the investigation of corruption cases that have held back cooperation between Ukraine and the United States. Aside from the above-mentioned cases purportedly dealing with the Biden family and the 2016 U.S. election, I was told by White House officials that no other cases were discussed. Based on my understanding, there were approximately a dozen White House officials who listened to the call, a mixture of policy officials and duty officers in the White House Situation Room, as is customary. The officials I spoke with told me that participation in the call had not been restricted in advance because everyone expected it would be a routine call with a foreign leader. I do not know whether anyone was physically present in the, with the president during the call. In addition to White House personnel, I was told that a State Department official, Mr. T. Ulrich Brechbull, was also listened, also listened in on the call. I was not the only non-White House official to receive a readout of the call. Based on my understanding, multiple State Department and intelligence community officials were also briefed on the contents of the call as, as outlined above. Two, efforts to restrict access to records related to the call. In the days following the phone call, I learned from multiple U.S. officials that senior White House officials had intervened to, quote, lock down all records of the phone call, especially official word-for-word transcript of the call that was produced, as is customary, by the White House Situation Room. This set off actions underscored to me that White House officials understood the gravity of what had transpired in the call. White House officials told me they were, quote, directed by White House lawyers to remove the electronic transcript from the computer system in which such transcripts are typically stored for coordination, finalization, and distribution to cabinet-level officials. 
Instead, the transcript was loaded into a separate electronic system that is otherwise used to store and handle classified information of an especially sensitive nature. One White House official described this act as an abuse of this electronic system because the call did not contain anything remotely sensitive from a national security perspective. I do not know whether similar measures were taken to restrict other records of the call, such as contemporaneous handwritten notes taken by those who listened in. Three, ongoing concerns. On 26 July, a day after the call, U.S. Special Representative for Ukraine negotiations Kurt Volker visited Kiev and met with President Zelensky at a variety of Ukrainian political f- and a variety of Ukrainian political figures. Ambassador Volker was accompanied by in his meetings by U.S. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland. Based on multiple readouts of these meetings recounted to me by various U.S. officials, Ambassador Volker and Sondland. Re- reportedly provided advice to the Ukrainian leadership about how to, quote, navigate the demands the president had made of Mr. Zelensky. I also learned from multiple U.S. officials that on or about 2 August, Mr. Giuliani reportedly traveled to Madrid to meet with one of President Zelensky's advisors, Andrei Yermak. The U.S. officials characterized this meeting, which was not reported publicly at the time, as, quote, a direct follow-up to the president's call with Mr. Zelensky about the, quote, cases they had discussed. Separately, multiple U.S. officials told me that Mr. Giuliani had reported privately reached out to a variety of Zelensky advisors, including Chief of Staff Andre Bowden and acting chairman, of security, acting chairman of the Security Service of Ukraine, Ivan Bakanov. I do not know whether these officials met or spoke with Mr. Giuliani, but I was told separately by multiple U.S. officials that Mr. Yermak and Mr. Bakanov intended to travel to Washington in mid-August. On 9 August, the president told reporters, I quote, I think President Zelensky is going to make a deal with President Putin and he will be invited to the White House and we look forward to seeing him. He's already been invited to the White House and he wants to come and I think he will. He's a very reasonable guy. He wants to see peace in Ukraine and I think he will be coming very soon, actually. Four, circumstances leading up to the July 25th presidential phone call. Beginning in late March 2019, a series of articles appeared in an online publication called The Hill. In these articles, several Ukrainian officials, most notably Prosecutor General General Yuri Lutsenko, made a series of allegations against other Ukrainian officials and current U.S. officials. Mr. Lutsenko and his colleagues alleged inter alia that they possessed evidence that Ukrainian officials, namely the head of the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of the Ukraine, Artinim Sitnik, and member of parliament... Serhiy Leschenko, Leschenko had interfered in the U.S. in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, allegedly in corroboration, in collaboration with the DNC and the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. That the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, specifically Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch, Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch, who had criticized Mr. Lutsenko's organization for its poor record on fighting corruption, had allegedly instructed Ukraine law enforcement agencies pursuit of corruption cases, including providing a, quote, do not prosecute list, and had blocked the Ukrainian prosecutors from traveling to the United States expressly to prevent them from delivering their evidence about the U.S., about the 2016 U.S. election. Now, there's a note on that. Uh... No, okay, not on that. There's a note later. Yes, no, note on that. Mr. Lutsenko later told the Ukrainian news outlet uh, The Babel on 17 April that Ambassador Yovanovitch had never provided such a list and that he was, in fact, the one who requested such a list. 
Mr. Lutschenko later told Bloomberg in 16 May that former Vice President Biden and his son were not subject to any current Ukrainian investigations and that he had no evidence against them. Other, other senior Ukrainian officials also con- contested his original allegations. One former Ukrainian prosecutor told Bloomberg on 7 May that Mr. Shokin, in fact, was not investigating Burisma at the time of his removal in 2016. So that uh, it debunks the fact that former Vice President Biden had pressured Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko in 2016 to fire then-Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shoykin in order to quash a purported criminal probe into Burisma Holdings, the Ukrainian energy company on whose board the former Vice President's son, Hunter, sat. In several public comments, Mr. Lutsenko also said that he wished to communicate directly with Attorney General Barr on these matters. The allegations by Mr. Lutsenko came on the eve of the first round of Ukraine's presidential election on 31 March. By that time, Mr. Lutsenko's political patron, President Poroshenko, was trailing Mr. Zelensky in the polls and appeared likely to be defeated. Mr. Zelensky had made known his desire to replace Mr. Lutsenko as prosecutor general. On 21 April, Mr. Poroshenko lost the runoff to Mr. Zelensky by a landslide. It was also publicly reported that Mr. Giuliani had met on at least two occasions with Mr. Lutsenko, once in New York in late January and once again in Warsaw in mid-February. In addition, it was publicly reported that Mr. Giuliani had spoken in late 2018 to former prosecutor General Shoykin in a Skype call arranged by two associates of Mr. Giuliani. On 25 April, in an interview with Fox News, the president called Mr. Lutsenko's claims, quote, big and incredible, and stated that the attorney general, quote, would want to see this. On or about April 29th, I learned from U.S. officials with direct knowledge of the situation that Ambassador Yovanovitch had been suddenly recalled to Washington by senior State Department officials for, quote, consultations and would like, most likely be removed from her position. Around the same time, I also learned from a U.S. official that associates of Mr. Giuliani were trying to make contact with the incoming Zelensky team. On 6 May, the State Department announced that Ambassador Yovanovitch would be ending her assignment in Kiev as planned. However, several U.S. officials told me that, in fact, her tour was curtailed because of pressure stemming from Mr. Lutsenko's allegations. Mr. Giuliani subsequently stated in an interview with a Ukrainian journalist published on 14 May that Ambassador, Ambassador Yovanovitch was removed, was, quote, removed because she was part of the efforts against the president. On 9 May, the New York Times reported that Mr. Giuliani planned to travel to Ukraine to press the Ukrainian government to pursue investigations that would help the president in his 2020 re-election bid. In a multitude of public statements leading up to and in the wake of the publication of this article, Mr. Giuliani confirmed that he was focused on encouraging Ukrainian authorities to pursue investigations into alleged Ukrainian interference in the 2016 U.S. election and alleged wrongdoing by the Biden family. On the afternoon of 10 May, the president stated in an interview with Politico that he planned to speak with Mr. Giuliani about the trip. A few hours later, Mr. Giuliani publicly canceled his trip, claiming that Mr. Zelensky was, quote, surrounded by enemies of the president and of the United States. On 11 May, Mr. Lutsenko met for two hours with President-elect Zelensky, according to a public account given several days later by Mr. Lutsenko. Mr. Lutsenko publicly stated that he told Mr. Zelensky that he wished to remain as prosecutor general. 
Starting in mid-May, I heard from multiple U.S. officials that they were deeply concerned by what they viewed as Mr. Giuliani's circumvention of national security decision-making processes to engage with Ukrainian officials and relay messages back and forth between Kiev and the president. These officials also told me that State Department officials, including Ambassadors Volker and Sondland, had spoken with Mr. Giuliani in an attempt to contain the damage could, quote, contain the damage to U.S. national security, and that ambassadors Volker and Sondland during this time period met with members of the new Ukrainian administration and, in addition to discussing policy matters, sought to help the Ukrainian leaders understand and respond to the differing messages they were receiving from official U.S. channels on the one hand and from Mr. Giuliani on the other. During this same time frame, multiple U.S. officials told me that Ukrainian leadership was led to believe that a meeting or phone call between President Zelensky would depend on whether Mr. Zelensky showed a willingness to, quote, play ball on the issues that had been publicly aired by Mr. Lutsenko and Mr. Giuliani. Note, this was of the general understanding of the state of affairs as conveyed to me by U.S. officials from late May into early July. I do not know who delivered this message for the Ukrainian leadership or when. Shortly after President Zelensky's inauguration, it was publicly reported that Mr. Giuliani met with two other Ukrainian officials, Ukraine's special anti-corruption prosecutor, Mr. Lazar Kolodonetsky, and former Ukrainian diplomat named Andriy Telezhenko. Both Mr. Kolodonetsky and Mr. Telezhenko are allies of Mr. Lutsenko and made similar allegations in the above-mentioned series of articles in The Hill. On 13 June, the president told ABC's George Stepanopoulos that he would accept damaging information on his political rivals from a foreign government. On 21 June, Mr. Giuliani tweeted, quote, New Prez of Ukraine, still silent on investigation of Ukrainian interference in 2016 and alleged Biden bribery of Poroshenko. Time for leadership and investigate both if you want to purge how Ukraine was abused by Hillary and Clinton people. In mid-July, I learned of a sudden change of policy with respect to U.S. assistance for Ukraine. Here's additional information related to Section 2. According to multiple White House officials I spoke with, the transcript of the president's call with with President Zelensky was placed into a computer system managed directly by the National Security Council. Directorate for Intelligence Programs. That's the NSC, Directorate for Intelligence Programs. This is a standalone computer system reserved for code word level intelligence information such as covert action. According to information I received from White House officials, some officials voiced concerns internally that this would be an abuse of the system and was not consistent with the responsibilities of the Directorate for Intelligence Programs. According to White House officials I spoke with, this was, quote, not the first time under this administration that a presidential transcript was placed into code word level systems solely for the purpose of protecting politically sensitive rather than national security information. And here's additional information from Section 4. I would like to expand, some of it's redacted, and then there's this. I would like to expand on two issues mentioned in Section 4 that might have connection with the overall effort to pressure the Ukrainian leadership. As I do not know definitively whether the below-mentioned decisions are connected to broader efforts I describe, I have chosen to include them in the classified annex. If they indeed represent a genuine policy deliberations and decisions formulated to advance U.S. foreign policy and national security, one might be able to make a reasonable case that the facts are classified. And he says, I learned from U.S. officials on or around 14 May that the president instructed the vice president to cancel his, pr- his planned travel to Ukraine and to attend President 
Zelensky's inauguration on 20 May. Secretary of Energy Rick Perry led the delegation instead. According to these officials, it was also, quote, made clear to them that the president did not want to meet with Mr. Zelensky until he saw how Zelensky, quote, chose to act in office. I do not know how this guidance was communicated or by whom. I also do not know whether this action was connected to the broader understanding described in the unclassified letter that a meeting or phone call between the president and President Zelensky would depend on whether Zelensky showed a willingness to play ball on the issues that had been publicly aired by Mr. Lutsenko and Mr. Giuliani. On 18 July, an Office of Management and Budget, that's the OMB official, an OMB official informed department and agencies that the president, quote, earlier this month had issued instructions to suspend all U.S. security assistance to Ukraine. Neither OMB or NSC staff knew why this instruction had been issued. During the interagency meetings on 23 July and 26 July, OMB officials again stated explicitly, explicitly that the instruction to suspend this assistance had come directly from the president and they still were unaware of a policy rationale. As of early August, I heard from U.S. officials that some Ukrainian officials were aware that U.S. aid might be in jeopardy, but I do not know how or when they learned of it. And that is the entire letter. If you can gather around me people, a task with you I'll task. And as hard for you to hear this, it's just as hard for me to ask. For you and I think different on every issue, law and bill. And I never voted for you, and I doubt I ever But these days down in the district, it's the power that you have. Your side has scored a victory, my side needs a salve. And you push forward your agenda, you won, that is your right. And I've tried to dissuade you, but that's a wholly other fight. For this man that we've elected, I watch you twist and squirm. He's on your team, so you relented. But I know you have concerns. And though he needs a civics lesson on balances and checks, you guys are now the grown up. What I say next Well, he's a kind man and a gunny Fun aware, unfit, unskilled Best case, it's just our reputation Worst case, a lot of folks get killed. So if you go on to the YouTubes, your grandkids can show you how. Find Sheriff Clark and Lester Maddox. How do they look now?
won't take too many of you Others will join into the fight In D.C. it's a rare thing To serve yourself and do what's right Cause when the Cheeto dust is settled And the history books are wrote You can be a fucking hero or a capitulating goat Well, the founders saw the danger For corruption and abuse High crimes and misdemeanors They left the language loose Well, I will wrap it up now As I have made my case But let me just remind you Rushmore has room for one more face.